0: Helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart. Canadian Certified Counselor and award-winning psychotherapist. Hi, thank you for again for joining us in this episode of the Life Transformation Show. Today's show is about facing your fears and we'll be looking at Genesis 31 to 33 and pulling some insights out of those biblical texts that will help you to overcome hindrances that might have come into your life as a result of living in fear. It's a story of Jacob and there is a well of information that we can draw from that passage that is going to help us to understand how our fear limits us and what we can do to finally get over that fear. And with me in studio today is Melissa Waga, who is my co-host. Welcome, Melissa, and thank you for joining us in this episode of the show.
1: It's always great to be with you in studio, Michael. And again, we have another exciting topic. And hopefully looking at a Bible story that many people are familiar with, In a bit of a different way, and get some application lessons that we can apply to our lives today. And hopefully, if you are someone who's living in fear, you can overcome that and reap some of the blessings God has in store for you.
0: I think this story is relevant in a number of ways because uh, uh, one of the things that is very common today and a fear that many people has is this fear of identity theft. And many uh, this story records is the first record of identity theft. In literature, because we have in this story Jacob stealing the identity of his brother, swindling swindling him out of his riches and as a result of that running away from his homeland and living in fear for over 20 years of what was going to happen when he finally met up with his brother again. So we have the, the, the identity theft which is a very common thing today but another thing that is very common is fear. A lot of people live in fear about the past and Jacob in this story was living in fear as a result of his past.
1: And so what specifically was Jacob afraid of from his past?
0: He has built up in his mind this scenario that was going to play out. And the, the, the fear that he had was that his brother was going to kill him because of his riches that he had stolen from his brothers because of the inheritance that he had stolen from his brother. And so he is living away from his homeland and and thinking that it's going to be a terrible, terrible showdown that most likely that he's going to come out on the losing end because his brother, as we have said in previous shows, is this muscular... Man, that you know is is the hunter type, and he's the macho man. And Jacob is more of the mama boy, where he is the dweller in tents. He stays within indoors, and he's more of the indoor type type of a guy. And so he's no match for his brother. And so he's living in fear that this is going to be a terrible outcome when he finally meets up with his brother.
1: I feel like being afraid of death is <laughs> is something that is legitimate, and that would be something that would be all-encompassing if you had that going on within you. But as we talked about before, there's always consequences to our actions, to our feelings. So what what were the costs for Jacob in having this fear of his brother harming him because of something he did to his brother in the past?
0: In this case, I I think that the main cost that Jacob suffered as a result of his fear was broken relationship, cut-off relationship, not being able to see his father, being away from his mother. And the, the, the tragedy of this story is that by the time uh, Jacob was to go back to his homeland. His mother would have died, so he would never see his mother again. As a result of living in fear, he has no relationship with his father, no relationship with his brother because of fear, and so he's living in 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 this uh, foreign land, uh, cut off from his 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 relatives. Uh, he's by that time he now has wives and wife. Wives and children and they have no Connection with what's going on in their homeland, no connection to the extended family. So the cost in Jacob case was a living a, was, was severed relationship. And I think this is similar today because there are a lot of us because we are afraid of facing our past. We we, we do things that affect our relationship. The fear affects your relationship in many different ways.
1: So what other ways does fear affect us in our lives today? We talked about Jacob's case where he's lost this connection to his family. What other ways do we see this fear costing us play out?
0: I think in, in some ways, God has blessings in store for us. And in a lot of cases, we cannot get to those blessings until we overcome our fears. And so it was in this story that Jacob was told by God in Genesis 31, three that he was to return to his homeland. So it's as if God is saying, Jacob, I can't bless you until you go back To face your fears. And so he was instructed to go back. And I think in many ways we limit the blessings of God when we live in fear. Examples of that today would be someone who is qualified enough for a promotion within their company they have the years of experience they have the expertise that is necessary but they will not apply for that position because there is some fear inside of them that is telling them that you cannot do this you're not capable of 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 fulfilling that role uh there are other people who has fear in relationship because of Uh, of sexual abuse that they have been through in their childhood. And this fear sabotages their intimacy with their partner. So there's a cost there to the, to the, to the couple's relationship because they cannot be intimate as they would like to. And so for, for there to be true connection, uh, just in the, in, as in the, in the case of Jacob where God told him to go back. To his homeland, we need to go back and face those fears and deal with those fears, not to keep running away from them or sweeping them under the carpet as if they don't exist. We need to face them in order to be blessed.
1: So throughout the story, we see Jacob talking to God quite a bit and praying to God quite a bit while he's away from his homeland. What can we learn from these conversations that Jacob had with God in terms of insights into what he's thinking, and also to give us insights in how he responded or was acting in those moments.
0: Yeah, in, in Genesis twenty-eight twenty, we we have uh, Jacob making a kind of a, a agreement with God, and he's saying, "God, if you if you give me safe journey." and if you if you bless me with possessions and if you take me safely back to my father i will serve you as my god and and 20 years later jacob has still not set out on the road to go back to his homeland so so we from this i see this i think represents people who are praying for specific things but they're not doing anything to helped to make it happen. So here we have Jacob saying, God, if you take me back safely, I will serve you. But he's not going back. He's stuck in this place, controlled by fear. He has made this place of fear his home. And he's there for 20 years, stuck. And I think there are many of us who, we we have things that God has placed on our minds to do, we feel a calling to do these things. We are equipped to do, to do these things. We have prayed to God and we have said, God, help us to achieve these dreams that we have. But fear keeps us stuck and we are not moving out in faith to begin to achieve these things. So I think in in this passage in 28:20 20, we see Jacob who he has in his mind what he wants God to do, but his actions are portraying something quite different. And I think in that word safely in Genesis 28:20 20, when Jacob says if you take me back safely to my father what he's actually implying there is that he's afraid because the word safety there has implied in that statement is fear of Esau. Because if to go back to his father's country, he will have to face his brother. And he has made up in his mind this terrible scenario that is going to play out when he meets Esau again.
1: So, how. Can we begin to take some of those steps to take that step? Where you're saying that prayer as Jacob did, where it's, Lord, bring me back safely. Right. But he's not taking that step to his homeland.
0: As we see from this story, as the story unfolds, we'll see that fear sometimes has no basis in reality. Our fears are often imagined are, and they're magnified. A lot of times when I speak with, uh, clients who come in and they start to tell me the, the fears that they have or they're dreading certain situations, I will help them to paint a worst case scenario and say, okay, what's the worst case scenario? What it is that you're really afraid of? What's the worst that could happen here? And in many cases, the worst case scenario that they're thinking about uh, is not as bad once they start saying what is likely to happen they realize that they're being illogical that it is not going to be as bad as they think in their minds and uh, uh, and sometimes do i see people who have built up this catastrophic situation that is going to 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 to, to turn out and they they in essence when you begin to rationalize it and to deal with it you see that it's not likely to happen that in reality it's not something that's likely to happen if jacob if esau wanted so badly to kill jacob he could you could have found him and kill him because he wasn't that well hidden. He was at his uncle's place. Now, now I, I would imagine that in those days you probably have a lot of uncles, but it's not so many uncles that he couldn't figure it out. That he's you are at my mother's brother's place, and you have my wealth, and I'm coming after you. So the the the, the fear that he has was. Uh, unfounded. And so he had made this thing control him for 20 years, uh, cost him so much in terms of relationship, but yet it was not based in reality.
1: So you, I'm glad you bring back the cost piece because we had mentioned off the top that it cost him his relationship, but were there physical costs to him as well that we see shown in this story?
0: in Genesis 31:40, 40, we have some interesting uh, interesting uh, passages or 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 Evidence from the story that shows that there were physical costs. So in thirty-one forty, 140, we see that Jacob's referred to himself as having sleepless nights. When he's talking to his uncle Laban, he talks about how he has had sleepless nights. So Jacob himself is admitting that he's, he's, he's having sleepless nights. In in to 224 when he was on his way, he's finally obeying God after 20 years, and he's going back took his homeland we are told that that night he had interrupted sleep this the story tells us that Jacob wrestled with an angel until daybreak with a man which theologians believe was some sort of angel and other theologians believe that Jacob is having some sort of dream and as a result of the fear of meeting his brother he's having this restless tormented sleep where in the in the dream he's wrestling with this with this this person and so he's he's wrestling until daybreak, and I think this this captures what some of us goes to, go, goes on in our mind when we are fearful. We are tormented. We have nights where we have un, we have interrupted sleep, and not uninterrupted, but interrupted sleep. And we also see in thirty two twenty five of Genesis that we have this. Uh, this, uh, passage that tells us that his hip was out of joint as a result of the wrestling that he was going through. And I think this is a very, uh, in line with what psychologists find today that when we have, uh, emotional things that we haven't dealt with, when we have fears that continuously pump, uh, stress hormones into our bodies, then that it will, it will eventually, if, affect us physically so jacob was affected by his emotional conditions his spiritual condition and it it resulted in this ailment that he had sleeplessness but also physical ailments
1: if you've just joined us you're listening to the life transformation show today we are talking about facing your fears and we're exploring the story of jacob in genesis 31 to chapter 33 if you've missed the first half of today's show, we encourage you to listen to it on our website at elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelt E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. Or you can call us at 613-699-1677 or at 1-877-544-3546 and request a copy of today's show, Facing Your Fears. So, Michael, we were just discussing how Jacob's fear was affecting him physically and you were just saying how it meshes with what psychologists and uh, psychotherapists have learned over the years that there is that relationship between the body and the mind and it's something I know you've talked about in the past in your own clinical practice you've seen where someone deals with some emotional issues that have been unresolved over the years. And there's physical healing that comes Absolutely. as a result.
0: As a result of the, the, la, the last uh, healing retreat that we had, we see this happen, where one woman who was at the retreat, she had physical pain for many years and at the end of the retreat, she testified that she shared her story that the pain was gone. She wasn't feeling that pain anymore. So I think there are a lot of times when we deal with the emotional stuff that the physical pain also goes away. Interestingly, we are, we are after Jacob met Esau, his brother in this story, and dealt with his past, we have no more recorded uh No more mention of him limping.' after that in scriptures. This this is the only place where we have in scripture where Jacob is mentioned at limping. And this limping took place when his fear was at the maximum, was at the peak because he knew that his brother was just across the river that he was about to cross. And so I think that that peak of fear resulted in this physical ailment where the the Bible describes it as his as his hip being out of joint. But I think uh, there are multi- there, there's evidence out there that our fears and the stress hormones that we carry affect us. It affects our blood pressure. We have more cardiovascular disease. We have more physical ailments such as back pain, neck pain, headaches as a result of stress that we carry.
1: And so just before... Jacob's about to enter back into his homeland. He's gone through the wrestling. He talks to God again. And what does he ask God for at that time? He has this interesting conversation because if memory serves, he starts asking about being blessed. right? And from what I recall about our talks about Jacob in the past, he wasn't a hard done by guy in terms of material possessions. Yes. He had... Probably he was the Joneses you were trying to keep Absolutely. up to, right, in yes, that time.
0: Yes, yes. So if we were to compare it to today, uh, Jacob would be most likely a millionaire. So it's interesting that this millionaire uh, is his wrestling in his, in this vision or this encounter, this divine encounter that he's having, having in Genesis 32, 26, and he's wrestling with this angel and he's saying, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. So I think this is very telling to us that blessing is, is more than material possessions. A lot of times we think if we just have more, we are going to be wealthy. But Jacob was, had everything that he needed. He had more than he, than he needed and, and he still was not feeling blessed. And so this is to say that blessing doesn't come from material possessions. Blessing comes from dealing with the emotional baggage in your life that makes you unhappy. The emotional baggage that creates ailment and, and uh, psychological disorders. Blessing comes from dealing, restoring the relationships that were broken. And blessings come from restoring your God relationship as well, because it is now at this point where he's moving back into his homeland that he's fulfilling the vow that he made to God where he said, if you take me back safely, I will serve you as my God. So it's as if all that time when he's sojourning outside of his homeland, that vow could not be fulfilled. And I think it's very telling that he's now moving into this place where he's saying, God, I'm ready to be blessed. Bless me. And he's crying out. He's not crying out for more more stuff. He's crying out for these blessings that come within when your relationships are in order.
1: Mm -hmm. The other thing uh, we had talked about um, prior to this show was how fear causes us to self-sabotage at times. Yes. And it's seen in this story of Jacob. Where do we see this play out
0: I think it it's it's almost comical when we think about how this plays out in the story because Jacob is this man who thinks he has to take things in his own hand to be safe, right like he thought that you know if if I do. If I organize my family in a certain way, then, then everything is going to be okay. And so we have a story developing where he's now about to meet Jacob. And so he goes in front. And then the Bible tells us that he puts the, his, his concubines uh, next in line. His concubines are like those, uh, a woman that doesn't quite have wife status. So they are next. And then after that, he put Leah and her sons. And then after Leah, he put his favorite, you know, Rachel and Joseph his two favorite uh, people. And J- Joseph was after Rachel. So that that shows that, you know, he's he's protecting Joseph even more than he's protecting Rachel. So he's in front and he has Joseph at the rear. So just in case... If you he didn't saw, know
1: where you stood in the family love pecking order, you yes, knew that day. You knew it
0: after that day. Right. So, 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 so they're in this line and he's, he's thinking, I am going to be slaughtered because now, his brother Jacob, jo- Esau. I mean, is coming. His brother Esau is coming, not on, not alone, but with four hundred men. And he is no match. He has only women and livestock and children. And so 400 men is coming, and he's saying, I have to now protect my family. I'm going out in front. I'll die first. And my favorite Joseph is going to die last. But what he didn't know, as the story develops, we have something very dramatic playing out. That as the story develops, Esau ran towards Jacob. And Jacob must be thinking, there's a dagger in his hand somewhere. Here it comes. comes. I'm going to, he's going to plunge this into me and I'm going to die. But something dramatic takes place where Esau hugged Jacob and they kissed and they wept. And 20 years of fear melted away from Jacob because the very person that he thought was going to kill him is the person that is now weeping with him, it's now hugging him. And the irony of that picking order that he has set up that, that shows how we sabotage ourselves is that these 400 men that were coming towards him were not to harm him. His brother Esau was coming with 400 men to offer him protection. So he thought he was protecting his family uh, by... Arranging them that way, but the very thing that he was doing was exposing Joseph to the most danger. Because by Joseph being last, he had the less protection out of everyone else in the order. So that to me is a, is a very classic and picturesque way of showing how we self-sabotage. The very thing that we fear is the thing that God is setting to bless us and to protect us. He prayed for safety and the very thing that God is setting to make him safe as he returned to his homeland is the very thing that he is afraid of. And he, 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 his most precious son is exposing to the most risk because of his fear. And this, I think, is a very telling way how we sabotage because fear causes us to distort things in our minds. And the things that we think are curses, the things that we are afraid to face, are the things that God is saying, deal with this and you will receive my blessing. It may be a past sexual abuse that you're afraid to face and confront, but by confronting it, you're going to become you going to have a better intimacy in your relationship it may be something that you think you you can you can do because you might not think that you are good at studies or at academics but by facing that fear you might realize that you're academically gifted there are many people that I talked to who said in in high school I didn't do well and I thought that I would never do well in university and I went back to school in my adult years and I was top of my my class. And so God wants you to face those fears because he wants you to learn something from it and he wants to bless you. But fear causes us to self-sabotage.
1: So how can we begin to break that self-sabotage? It took Jacob 20 years to get to the point of hugging his brother for the first time. Yes, And there's people out there who are listening who may have been holding on to things for 20 years plus. Right. So how do you begin to to stop self-sabotaging, take that first step and as you said earlier, begin to see the fear for, or the distortions and stuff that we've made them to be.
0: Right. I think that's the first place to start by just realizing that the things that we have magnified in our mind that we are so fearful of, they are not as scary as we think. There was one uh, person w- when I, you know, met with her recently and we are discussing the past. She says, I can't go there. This is a terrifying thing for me. I can't go there. And then eventually we started talking about it and she said it's not as bad as I thought it would be and she had so much freedom after we talked about it she said I feel so much lighter I feel I feel as if a weight has been lifted off my shoulder so I think it's very important to realize that the, the very thing that you're afraid of is what you need to, to face to be blessed and that the fear has been magnified in your mind but it's not as bad the other thing I'd like us to realize is that God is is going to walk with us as we go through that fear. Jacob was not alone. God was with him. And so God is going to be with you as you face your fear. And we have come to the end of today's show and I want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Life Transformation Radio Show.
1: It was great joining you, Michael.
0: It was a pleasure looking at this and I think we could go into more things. If you would like to hear more about this or you'd like to uh, listen to the rest of this podcast if you joined it late, you can go to our website at Ministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M counseling with two L's ministry.com you can find out more about us on our website as well and we have episodes of past show as well our phone number is 613-699-1677 within the Ottawa area and if you're calling from out of town it's 1-877-544-3546 one 877 Five four four three five four six. And so until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services.
1: And Melissa Waggett.
0: Praying together that God would bless you in all your relationships and to keep you sound in mind and pure in heart.